Chapter Four of From Tangier to Tripoli by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Bandit Days in Morocco. Everywhere I go in Tangier, I am reminded that I am in the wild and turbulent land of Morocco. There are ten Mohammedans to every Christian, and the men who would laugh or sneer at the Prophet in a public place would be in danger of death. The town is surrounded by walls and guarded by soldiers. The country outside is filled with brigands and bandits. Rumors of a holy war against the Christians are rife. And it is said that in the oasis of Tafalelt, where the Sultan's family comes from, troops are preparing to invade Algeria and attack the French. On my way here, I called at Algeciras, Spain, where the Conference of the Powers was held in the hope of bringing some sort of order and safety into moroccan affairs but the algeciras conference far from settling things has stirred up the people and the police force of twenty five hundred men under foreign officers which it provided for the eight ports of morocco is insufficient there is already trouble at many of the ports since i landed one of the mountain tribes besieged mogador on the atlantic and attacked the french jews the jews who compose nearly half the population have been making a great deal of money and some of them have been gradually moving out of the melab and renting houses in the moorish section of the town this i am told was the cause of the trouble the chief of one of the mohammedan tribes nearby was called in and drove the jews back to their own quarter telling them they should know their place and keep it a reign of terror exists in marrakesh the southern capital of the sultan and his majesty cannot control any part of his dominions outside of fez right here around tangier within a short distance of the fortifications of gibraltar and just over the way from spain and southern france the country is full of wild and warring tribes most of whom are fast losing their fear of the foreigner as i write this it is impossible to go five miles east of the city without soldiers to guard one the berbers of the region are up in arms the governor of tangier the former cattle thief Rezuli, refuses to take any risks and will not send an escort of soldiers with me to the town of tetuan which is only two days journey from here i can look out of my hotel window and see the villa of walter b harris the well-known london times correspondent which is situated near here on the shore it is not more than an hour's walk from where i am writing but its owner dare not remain there overnight for fear he may be kidnapped and taken out into the mountains to be held for ransom as was the american citizen ion perdicaris mr harris was the first of the foreigners to be kidnapped by Rizzuli. he was living in his beautiful home on the seashore just three miles from tangier when twenty-five hundred brigands with Rizzuli at their head carried him off they held him in captivity for more than three weeks but released him without ransom during this time, Mr. Harris had a close view of Rezuli. He describes him as a handsome and rather fascinating man of strong character and a great bluffer. He says that the Sultan has but little power, that he is afraid of the two rebel leaders, Rezuli and Buhamara, and that he has bribed them to keep the peace. Buhamara has now about one-fifth of Morocco under him, and Rezuli, with comparatively few soldiers, is growing rich off the country around this city. He is, I understand, laying up money since he got the $70,000 in ransom for Perdicaris, 
and is buying business properties here in tangier in his room at the cecil hotel mr harris talked with me about the situation he thinks it rather hard lines that he dare not live at home although the british have a treaty with the sultan which provides for the protection of foreigners his villa is within fifteen miles of the fortifications at gibraltar and within an hour's walk of the walls of the sultan's chief port nevertheless its owner has to stay at one of the hotels in the city for fear of kidnappers the governor of tangier keeps fifty soldiers guarding the villa and its contents but it still is unsafe at the same time morocco insists on all the rights that she has under her treaty with foreign nations and the foreigner is allowed no favors the other day mr harris attempted to send two white peacocks to a friend who was living at the hotel at algeciras across the strait he brought them to the custom-house but was told that they could not be sent out of the country as there was nothing in the treaty with great britain about the exportation of peacocks mr harris has resided in morocco during the greater part of the last sixteen years and has gone by caravan over most of it he has travelled widely also in other mohammedan countries he has ridden on camelback over arabia and speaks arabic fluently during his stay in fez he was a great friend of the sultan and is now an intimate acquaintance with some of the most powerful of his ministers he is also closely associated with c el Mehdi el manabi who was for a long time minister of war and who as such through his influence with his majesty abid el aziz practically controlled morocco manabi lost caste when he failed to quell the rebellion abu hamara and was forced to leave the sultan's cabinet i asked mr harris some questions about railroads he told me that the moors object to them on the grounds that they are a foreign innovation and also because it is feared that they put the donkeys mules and camels out of their jobs as it is now the trade of morocco goes by caravan or by sea from port to port the freight rates per animal in the interior are relatively low and the charges for board and feed at the moorish hotels are almost nothing in fez it costs about four cents a day to feed a camel and less than three cents a day for a horse or a mule the ordinary native can be taken care of for a little more the expenses on the road are also small but the loads carried are so small that an animal will soon eat up the value of its freight as to the transportation of foreigners the cost is enormous the distance from tangier to fez is about one hundred and seventy miles and in the united states a railroad journey of that distance would cost including baggage about eight dollars and the time required would be only about five hours the ordinary foreigner cannot reach fez in less than a week and the cost of the journey from tangier will be from twenty to thirty dollars a day i thought of making the trip expecting to spend a month on the way there and back one of cook's dragomans said that i would have to pay thirty five dollars per day for all the time of my absence making my one month's journey including a stay of two weeks at fez cost me ten hundred and fifty dollars for this reason i would have had to employ a soldier or so and would have required about three mules to carry my baggage as well as mules for myself a guide and a cook i should have had to camp out every night and should have been lucky had i reached fez in one week connected with the american legation at tangier i found a dragoman who offered to give me the same accommodations for six hundred dollars moreover 
there was great danger of being captured by brigands on the way and held for ransom so on the whole i did not think the trip worth the risk our american minister who made the journey from tangier to fez a month or so ago spent twelve days on the way he had a large company of soldiers furnished by the sultan who paid all his expenses amounting to many thousands of dollars it takes a thief to catch a thief this old maxim holds good here at present the country west of tangier is quiet because the sultan has bribed Rezuli to take care of it this same brigand who captured an american citizen and made the sultan pay a ransom of seventy thousand dollars before he would let him go has been appointed by the sultan the governor of the tangier district and his men are the only guards of this city i find Rezuli soldiers in every street and they are patrolling the main roads outside the town we took donkeys yesterday and rode out over the hills to the villa where mr perticaris was living at the time of his capture i was accompanied by my son jack and my turban guide haj mohammed breck we found sentries every few feet and passed through an encampment of soldiers at the edge of the city the soldiers wore red fezes and gay moroccan uniforms but many were bare-legged and barefooted they were armed with mauser rifles and their fierce eyes gleamed out of their bearded faces at us without smiling they were not at all friendly and so when they objected to being photographed i did not insist in the meantime Rezuli holds a peculiar position in moroccan politics he has bluffed the sultan and his officials and has as it were held up the government and the army he has made the nominal rulers of the country give up a lot of hard cash as well as one of the fattest of fat jobs he knows that he has many enemies and the sultan would welcome his assassination as a result he is badly frightened and is trying to guard against accident these moors are wonderfully friendly with one another they are among the most polite people on earth when two of them meet they embrace and each kisses the head and the hands of the other i am told that Rizuli has discontinued all such greetings for fear he may be entertaining a judas whose kiss may be accompanied by the heart thrust of a dagger or the drawing of a knife across his throat indeed the way Rizuli is now handling his callers is somewhat in the style of russell sage after he was almost blown up by dynamite mr sage made his visitors talk to him through a little window like that for general letter delivery in a post office Rizuli makes all strangers stand at the door while they talk and he remains at the other end of the room Rizuli is now at war with the tribes on the other side of tangier and the fighting goes on even in the city itself these rival berbers sometimes pepper one another across the market space foreigners being advised at such times to keep out of the way as Rizuli now holds the town this condition makes it difficult for the tribes of the eastern mountains to do their buying and selling in tangier which is their chief marketing place they have been hard up for supplies and only yesterday they sent in their women knowing that on account of their sex Rizuli would not attack them the women brought in their wares upon donkeys expecting to carry back food the bandit's gallantry however did not extend to the beasts of burden so he captured the donkeys and sent home the women old and young weeping and wailing the result of this will be a truce sooner or later but there may be a pitched battle before that occurs at present every traveller carries a gun and every native who goes about the country has his rifle and knife i am told however that the moroccans look upon life as of but little account 
they are always fighting with one another families have feuds which last from generation to generation and there are feuds also between the tribes the only rule is that of the stronger and the country is fast approaching a state of anarchy indeed these conditions make me think of what colonel pettit said to me during our war with spain when i had landed at zamboanga in the philippines to see something of the moros there i had called at the military headquarters and had asked the commander if it would be safe for me to go through the moro villages colonel pettit replied i think so my boy but i would advise you first to tie your head on with a string it is about the same here one is safe enough if one does not go into the wrong combination and there are plenty of wrong ones these mohammedans are more fanatical than our moros they call all christians dogs and the moor does not want them in his school his home or his church a frenchman who tried to enter a mosque at fez not long ago was shot dead at the door since it is against the law of the koran to have one's picture taken i find it dangerous to use a camera the average mohammedan scowls when he sees one pointed at him and many of the moslems would fight rather than be photographed just yesterday for instance my son jack a husky young fellow of twenty-one who is making this trip with me tried to enter a fondak or mohammedan hotel and stable combined which was near the market he happened to have his camera open at the time inside there was a crowd of moslems made up largely of men from the interior catching sight of the camera they thought jack intended to take their photographs and rising in a body they jumped for him and our dragoman haj mohammed both fought them back with their sticks and after a time we made our way off one cannot really understand the situation in morocco until one considers the people these moors are not like our negroes whose ancestors came from across the sahara in the lands bordering the gulf of guinea those people are as black as your boots and as barbarous as any tribes on the face of the earth they are low in intelligence and are terribly debased while the moors have brains which will compare with our own about the only black africans here are those who have been brought across the desert from the sudan to be sold as slaves there are however many mulattoes the offspring of negroes and moors the population of morocco all told is perhaps about six millions a census has never been taken and by some the number is estimated to be much higher the majority of the people are berbers or kabyles and after them come the arabs and the jews the berbers have a language of their own and once had their own religion today they are about all mohammedans and like true believers in the prophet resent the foreign invasion they do not want to pay taxes and not long ago when one of the sultan's officials demanded the tenth of the crop of a certain tribe the chief replied if the sultan wants taxes let him come himself for them we will mold them into silver bullets and deposit them in his person that tax has not yet been collected the arabs came in with the mohammedan invasion many centuries ago and have mixed more or less with the berbers some are nomadic bedouins living in the oases of the sahara or on the edge of that desert while a large number are farmers on the rich plains of morocco arabs are found also in the cities the jews number perhaps two hundred thousand they live in all the cities and here and there in the villages as i have said they are the real business men of the country doing most of the banking and having the principal wholesale and retail shops many of the chiefs of the large tribes are financed by jews 
who lend money to the moorish officials as well most of these jews came originally from spain and some belong to families which have lived hundreds of years in morocco they are universally despised are sometimes stoned by the moorish boys in the street and are forced to do certain menial work the name melab given to the jewish quarter in the moorish town means salt and may have been given because of one special job which the jews have that is the pickling of the heads of rebels before they are fastened up over the gates of the cities as a warning to traders almost every moroccan city has three parts one belonging to the government where the officials live another containing the stores and the homes of the moors and the third the quarter of the despised jews there are but few large towns and all are of about the same character as tangier being made up mostly of box-like flat-roofed buildings surrounded by walls these walls are entered by gates so that the city can be tightly closed at night the business is largely done in markets although all towns have shops and bazaars the cities of morocco however contain but a small part of the population the masses live in movable tents or in villages of huts of stone chinked with mud and thatched with straw many of the huts are altogether of straw while not a few are of sun-dried brick how squalidly these people live one can see by riding a few miles out into the country the average village is like a collection of falling straw stacks each surrounded by a hedge of cactus the leaves of which have thorns as sharp as fine needles each house stands alone and no foreigner dares peep in through the gate or look over the hedge the cactus usually encloses a small bare yard into which the cattle sheep goats horses pigs camels and chickens belonging to the family are driven at night such villages have no streets and no pavements whatever after sunset they grow as dark as a pocket except where the houses are lighted by candles or perhaps by american kerosene the villagers are farmers who own lands nearby no one lives on his farm and in looking over the landscape one sees no barns or fences there are only bare fields or the crops in the pasture lands the sheep goats pigs and other animals are watched by a shepherd who is often employed by several farmers at so much for each animal the flocks thus feeding together at night when he drives them all to the village everyone makes a bee-line for its own individual home no one would think of leaving even a goat outside the town after dark for fear of thieves often a half dozen or more of the villages make up the home of one tribe such a tribe is governed by a chief who collects certain taxes and acts as the leader in the wars with other tribes this is the condition throughout the sultan's empire which is rather an aggregation of wild pastoral and agricultural tribes than a kingdom or empire in our sense of the word each tribe cares only for itself in its own particular region and there is i am told no such thing as a real country or state of morocco the only binding cords between the tribes are those of religion they are one in fanatical hatred of the christian and all that belongs to him they want nothing to do with him and resent his presence here morocco is in a sad state the army has dwindled to a few hundred troops and the sultan has no soldiers to speak of outside of fez when manabi was minister his majesty had about sixteen thousand troops and his power was such that the various tribes sent in tribute and presents worth many thousands of dollars every tribe sent one or more horses many sent large sums of money 
and there were other gifts of value now the government has practically no control over the tribes and the people are refusing to pay taxes or to send in tribute to the sultan such are the conditions within a mile of tangier the chief seaport of morocco in the interior they must be far worse there are many families and tents but all are on a constant lookout for thieves and brigands and nearly every tribe is at war with its neighbors End of chapter 4